What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Last summer when Ethan was gone for NST, I was doing like... I, I was just great. I was anybody who wanted to come on. I got them on. It turned out to be all boys. So this summer I'm doing an all girls, oh, all girl awesome. guests. Yes. All females, yes. women empowerment, no sexism here. Welcome to the crunch. America's favorite Catholic gossip podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Nevy, here to spill all the tea on all the time. All the, all the time. <laughs> I nope, that's not that's not true. This th- this is a this is a little podcast we like to call the Crunch. I am here with my good friend Avera. Avera, Hi. Avera, hello. Avera hello. is a is a blogger and a speaker and a writer and a ton of other things. She's also from Alabama, so sorry. Um, well, I, I don't ever like and say that in like normal conversations i if anything i would consider myself an auburn fan yeah but i literally only say war eagle to piss other people off i don't actually care about football see i don't know I, what that is i will get more of a reaction out of people if i say war eagle gotcha i don't so. i don't know what that means war eagle what i, I i'm not Auburn Tigers? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if they're a tiger, then why is their thing War Eagle? I don't, don't know. Like, you say Roll Tide, and that they're... That doesn't make any sense. It, it does not make any sense. They both have slogans that don't represent their actual mascot. Because isn't like, Auburn's mascot like an elephant or something? Alabama's is an elephant. Okay. And, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Auburn's is the... They're the tigers. Yeah. But it's roll tide and war eagle like they're the crimson tide as well as an elephant so i don't understand it makes no sense i mean i mean if you see a bunch of elephants running around we're not just gonna say roll if they if they trip they'll roll (laughs) i mean that's fair that's maybe i don't but they're also not crimson either that's a good point if they're like elephants there's probably a problem that needs to be addressed that That'd be actually more terrifying than a normal pack of elephants. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and try to understand the culture of college sports, <laughs> particularly particularly because I went to a, a I went to a school that was very not college. Yeah. <laughs> so I went I'm, I went to the University of South Alabama for a year, so I'm more inclined. You're more inclined to hear go me say fighting, that. go fighting, uh, South Alabamans, go yeah. go. <laughs> Go Jags. Go Jags? Jags? Jags. Jags. 
Jag, that's funny because in Pittsburgh, a jag is not something you want to be. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know this, but like calling someone like a jag off in Pittsburgh is like a slang, and so calling someone like a jag is like derogatory slang. So that always made me chuckle a bit. Okay. Yeah. So like yeah. when you're driving on the road, you'll be like, "Watch where you're going, you jag." <laughs> So basically, I just have like no sports affiliation. Yeah, no, right no, no. no. Don't, don't <laughs> say, don't say go Jags, because go, go yeah. Jags means like go away, Jags. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so some something else, Avera, that that the, the the true fans of the podcast know this about you because you you were what did you what did you say you came on when did you come on last time? It was I think what did we say July sixteenth, twenty seventeen? So yeah. almost two years. It was ago. like two years ago. Avera came on, and she, we actually checked. She's still sitting pretty at the second most listened to episode. Heck it is. It yes. is by far our most open, our most open-minded episode. <laughs> it is by far our most culturally diverse. Here's the thing, Avera. Here's the thing. You and I both know this. Yes. We are the wonder bread of Catholic podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan and I. Ethan's from the Midwest too. Like that's that's the best part. Like. I'm from Florida, so you would think I would have some color in my skin because of the yeah. sun, but I don't. That color is pink. You know what? It's so funny. Whenever I talk about being from the South, whenever I think about the South, my immediate thing is like Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, Louisiana, Tex- like Texas, Tennessee, yeah. those places. I never think about Florida. No, Florida. When I think Florida is this own thing like florida is out there living its life doing its own thing it doesn't need any parental guidance like it needs nothing it's just there by itself i think doing what florida does i think i have to check like every three or year three years or so to check and rem- remember whether or not florida was actually a part of the civil war like i don't actually i never remember i i think they were but yes. that I, I i know they also weren't part of the original 13 colonies yeah know that for certain anyway so is just there so the more the more north you go the more south you are in florida that's yes. the thing and then the, the more south you go the more cuba you are yes it's extremely cuban i grew up eating fried plantains or at least i wish i did i had them when i was in high school for the first time and i was like this stuff is amazing i think the furthest south that i've ever been in florida was probably orlando wow that's let's go to disney world yeah. No, we well, I did go to Disney World. I don't remember going to Disney World because I had to be like four at the time, but I so I don't remember it. But the last time I remember being there was my sister had a basketball tournament. Gotcha. And we were in uh Kissimmee, Florida, as well as Orlando. Uh and I remember having to chaperone them at Disney Quest, which I was not at all excited about because I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to chaperone a bunch of twelve year olds at an arcade <laughs> right now, and I don't feel like I am however old I was I was like 17 or something at the time I was like I'm too cool for this I don't have time I just want to sit in my hotel room and scroll on social media and pretend like my life doesn't suck and then I ended up having a blast because Disney Disney Quest is the freaking bomb did you go to that like four levels of like arcade games everybody in ice hockey by the way don't challenge me in air hockey Bill Nye Bill Nye building a roller coaster with you was super cool because back then Bill Nye was still cool and not terrifying (laughs) oh my gosh i i wonder if any of my science teachers regret showing us bill nye videos when i was like i i certainly regret being as into bill nye bill nye reminds me of those old guys i knew that when i used to do theater 
Mm-hmm. Like I used to do theater and like a community theater. So you get so many different, yeah, just a variety, so just many a- people. And <laughs> it was, it was hilarious. Cause like Bill and I reminds me of this one guy that I know he was awesome. I loved him. He was such a nice guy, but I still follow him on Facebook and boy, howdy, does he have something to say about Donald Trump? Like it is Bill Nye just reminds me of that guy sitting in our dressing room old yes. as heck and yelling about George W. Bush. And I was like, my friend, my friend, my friend, Barack Obama has been president now for three years. It's fine. He's gone. You don't have to worry about him anymore. Also, I just realized something. You don't have headphones on. I don't. You Do don't. I need to put headphones? I think you need headphones because I might be coming back in through your through your uh, through your your speaker. And do you have, do you have like headphones that have like a little microphone on them? I do. I have a Soul Republic set of headphones. That sounds fancy and expensive. They were like super expensive, except I got them on Groupon for like $40 and they were originally like $170. Oh, that's intense. Yeah. Best shopping thing that I have ever done. So quick, quick podcasting uh, pro tip for all, all the podcasters out there. Um, headphone microphones are fine for you just starting out. Just, um, just make sure that the microphone doesn't rub against your shirt. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> like creates it probably a, just did. On oh my yeah, shirt. It did, but it's fine. It's just a God awful noise and I hate it. Um, so <laughs> I'm switching rooms cause I can hear my sister yelling at me to shut up. Um, like, bring her, so bring her on, bring her on the podcast. podcast knows my- we'll put oh her, my gosh. We'll where put her on where is she right now? No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that to her. It's <laughs> I don't know if this is good content. She would hate me for the rest of my life. Oh, man. Like... <laughs> hey, hey, say All hi. Right. Say hi to the tens of well, people. Do we have a topic today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, I was like, actually just starting that up. You so know... for the crunch for the crunch for the crunch fans that have been here for for a while, they already know this, but I've just been I just think that two years ago the landscape was different right two years yes. ago was not it is 2019 okay and two years ago was yeah, not 2019 it is <laughs> it is not it was not as a matter of fact it was 2017 it was 2017 and 2017 like, was a lot different oh my gosh. because okay so for those of you who did listen to that episode you know that avera is very outspoken about struggling with same-sex attraction would you like to speak about that for a little bit avera just a quick little tidbit yeah, absolutely. So just a tidbit about me is like, I I didn't, I didn't always think that I had same-sex attractions. I was actually probably around the age of 17 uh, when I finally realized it, uh, or when I finally like came to the realization, like it was kind of like that, oh crap moment where like, you know, like, uh, I just, I didn't know what was going on and I was, I was scared and I liked this girl in my class and I didn't know what to do and it just felt wrong to me. You know, I didn't really know why it did. And a lot of people um, that might've like guessed it about me were kind of like, you know, it's not wrong. You know, like you're, you're gay, you know, you just kind of have to deal with it and, you know, like be you, be yourself, you know, like don't let anybody tell you, especially the church, you know, like don't let the excuse me, don't let the church, you know, tell you how to live your life. Um, And so I was kind of just 
weighing or, or like just kind of maneuvering around trying to figure out, okay, what the heck am I going to do about this? Um, and it was then that I had a, a lovely Catholic priest at my high school. He's no longer there. He's a, a parish priest uh, at another, at a, another parish. Um, but he, I went to his office in, in the middle of the school day. I was pretty sure I wasn't getting out of like math class or something and just kind of went to his honestly. office. A- absolutely. I hated math. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a big flex. I, that's a big flex honestly. coming out to a priest to get out of a test. <laughs> yes. That's a really, that's a, that's a, that's like, that's like a really last ditch effort. Yes. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so I went into his office and I was like, father Dan, I think I'm gay and I don't know what to do. Uh, I was pretty much on the verge of a total mental breakdown, just did not know what to do. And he just kind of like started giggling at me a little bit, (laughs) which is, it's really father Dan-esque, like, as you can be, like, if you knew him, like, you would be like, okay, like, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, he was just, he was so, he was so great where he just kind of giggled a little bit. And I was like, father Dan, I am pouring my heart and soul out to you right now. Like, how dare dare you? and then he he just kind of like looked at me very intentionally very intently and said you're you're so good you know he just kept repeating that over and over again and he still does this to me every basically every time I see him he just reminds me of you know not only how good I am but how good God is Mm. and how he would not withhold anything from me he would not put something on Uh, my back that would turn me away from him you know he doesn't want to do any wrong by me he would never do anything wrong by me um and it really just changed my perspective um such a great deal on the fact that I had same-sex attractions you know it made me think differently about what I could do about it um and I actually had a had a teacher at the same school who I became friends with after I graduated and I was talking to her about this and she said you just needed uh somebody to remind you of how good you were so he sent you someone good uh which is mm-hmm. really a really great play on words because his name is actually Father Dan Good um which is <laughs> amazing nice <laughs> I love a good, but, I love a good um, healing pun, you know. Right. Like when someone's going through something really hard, you know. Yeah. You're just like you hit him, hit him with, hit him with a good old play on words. That's that's awesome. Absolutely. That's like that's like a really good reminder for just anyone who's going through anything. Anything in just, general, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess sometimes it hurts to say it, and if you say it in the right way, it's it's healing. But if you say it in the wrong way, it's like, oh, yeah. you're you crashed your car. Well, God wanted this to happen to you. <laughs> because of your many sins but it's like no no this is if you say if you frame it in like the well no this is this is something that is supposed to happen to you because it'll get you to heaven faster like that's that's much more comforting oh my gosh what just happened yeah did you hear that i did (laughs) come in (laughs) you know i'm doing an interview right now right All right, I'm gonna make a little note and see whether or not I want to cut that out. I might not want to. That was that was a, oh a good little tidbit of family the, drama. That is my relationship with my sister. She sounds fun. In a nutshell, right there, she's great. Oh my gosh, I love her. She's just energetic, and she likes listening to her. She likes watching her Netflix uninterruptedly. Don't we? All? Um, which doesn't often happen when I am in the house. So. I'm, I'm I'm making a little mark at that time code, and I'm calling it "What Incarnation." 
literally sounded like an earthquake or something was happening. Yeah, she which was, we, she which was, does not happen in Alabama. So that's good. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. We're hurricane people down here. We are hurricane people. So, I oh my yeah. goodness. So we're getting on this tangent because I was I was talking to a friend the other day about California versus versus Florida. Because oh, yeah. as you know, Florida and California are basically the same place, but one is wet and one is dry, right? right. So we got we got Disney World, we got Universal, <laughs> right? We got palm trees, we got beaches. And California's like, but we're so cool because we got all those things and we're awesome. And then I, I'm like, all right, fine, fine, fine. Boil it all down. You got beachfront, you got palm trees, you got universal, you got Disney, you got all these things. You got mosquitoes, whatever. If you boil it down to like the natural disasters, Florida clearly wins because you know when a hurricane's coming, but no sandbags <laughs> yes. going to protect you from an earthquake. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like when people tell me, like, why would you intentionally live in hurricane country? Why would you intentionally in a place where literally the earth is quaking below you i mean i would have major <laughs> like, trust issues like we can tell <laughs> like there's a hurricane happening like we know we get it there is time to evacuate we can escape like and then it's a little mini vacation with earthquakes it's it's time off of school it's a little vacation absolutely and i've never experienced an earthquake mm-hmm. before avera yep. but i feel like if i did i would have major trust issues afterwards you know what I mean? Yes. I would not. Like, honestly. Every time, every time. Constantly. Every time I landed in an airplane, I'd look at the ground and be like, oh, it's you again. Are you going to hurt me like you did before? Again. <laughs> I used to think that you were strong and stable, but you are shaky. <laughs> you You are as not insecure real. as me in high school. Where'd you go? You still there? I oh. was because I didn't hear you. <laughs> Okay, good. I thought you weren't laughing at my joke because you didn't think it was funny, okay. but I'm glad. No, I'm gonna... I just didn't hear it. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat it because I'm keeping this all in. But I thought okay. I, I thought for okay. I, I, th- I had the wildest thought popped into my head that you didn't laugh at my joke because you didn't like it, which just oh, isn't. Oh, no. It's just so, as, as so like, uh... not a thing. <laughs> It's so out fathom. of like this planet, out of this realm of thought. I am always funny. Like, that is my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan is always weird. I am always funny. Yes. That's the rule. That is the yes, rule. Absolutely. Gosh darn it. Ethan is a weirdo. I can say it because he's not here. So. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it works. That's how friendship works. If your friend isn't Love there, you, you can Ethan. say things about them. <laughs> so Talk back to same-sex attraction. I, I yes. was back so, to making people uncomfortable. This is all, this is all about, <laughs> this is all about like, uh, the thing that Ethan and I, I don't know if you've gotten to this part in the podcast. Avera's behind in the podcast. Everyone don't get mad at her, but I, I am. I'm she, behind. At least she's a listener. So <laughs> there, there was a, there was a podcast a while back where we talked about like a new direction for the podcast where we like, we like change things up and talk about different things. I was, mm-hmm. I was, I was praying about it the other day and I was like, I want to have people that aren't Catholic come on the podcast more often. The last two times we did it, yeah, they were absolute yeah. disasters. I don't know if you remember the episodes. <laughs> We've done it twice. Both times it was bad. So Just because it was a bad so interview weird. or because Ethan hit on somebody's wife. True story. We'll ah, never, I will never see spring. Great. Um, <laughs> this is fantastic. The dating fast did him good, but it's over now. Yes. So who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Um, the last two times we had, we've never had non-Christian on the show, but 
we had two Protestant guests once, and one time, just the interview wasn't good, and the other, the, the other, the first time we didn't know how to interview people yet, and so it was just awkward. Yeah. But um, so that that kind of like turned us away from interviewing people that aren't our friends. But yeah. we need to learn how to do that if we're gonna be if we're gonna be good at podcasting. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Um, and so just a little a little a little segue into into that we we did the dating episode last week with Phoebe that was like not specifically catholic that was just like dating and also dating also like Phoebe's not like a writer or a speaker or have any mm-hmm. aspirations towards that so it completely took away from like the usual the usual uh catholic twitter She's not even on Twitter. Like so there was there was nothing Twittery at all yeah. on that episode. It was great. It was very she she is she is a she's a very like polar not polarizing, the opposite. She like br- centering. She like brings us yeah. back to center. Yeah. Um so that was good. And then this episode eventually I want to start talking to people who like not even not even don't like Catholicism, not even aren't Catholic but literally just don't like Catholicism in general Catholicism and in I general. just want to talk to them, mm-hmm. right? And so in order to like make the podcast a little more appealing, I wanted to start by talking to my Catholic friends about things that aren't mm-hmm. necessarily Catholic. And so last, last time, um, two years ago was when building a bridge came out and that was the big controversy. Yeah. And we talked mm-hmm. about, um, we talked about like wh- how you felt about, uh, the word gay versus the way versus the word, like the phrase same sex attraction. Um, mm-hmm. and I would, I would like to hear a little bit about that in a bit. Um, yeah. and we talked a lot about like the Catholic perspective on homosexuality but mm-hmm. I would like I would like to talk a little bit less about like church teaching. I just I just mm-hmm. read your your uh, your about page on your blog. It's like not about throwing Bible verses or catechism paragraphs. Just about sharing yeah. personal experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I guess starting starting with like, I, I want to know I want to know your personal experience as someone because you had a unique struggle with same sex attraction because from what I remember you were a devout Catholic when you discovered this, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So actually, I, it was, I think it, at the, uh, the conference that I went to that I made really this like personal commitment to follow Christ was actually the same conference where like, I think the same day, um, my friend came out to me as bisexual, oh. um, which is where I started learning about it. So yeah, it was literally the same day that my world kind of like, crumbled to the, its foundations and I started building a foundation on God and yet there was still holes and cracks in the foundations because I didn't really know what to do about my same-sex attractions mm-hmm. as well you know I didn't know how to reconcile them um so yeah it, it all happened pretty much at the exact same time yeah well, that's good timing I guess you know? yeah absolutely because just just for anyone who's struggling with same-sex attraction <laughs> That that whole that whole period, especially like in high school, when you're already dealing with the fact that high school sucks, you're also dealing with this kind of outsider uh, feeling and and all that. Like how 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 did it how did it feel mm-hmm. going through high school, trying to work out those feelings? Oh yeah, again, like like you said, not only did I have to deal with the fact that high school sucks, you know, I was also faced with the fact you know, to actually my Catholic high school was kind of like the black sheep among a lot of Catholic high schools because there were so many of us, um, which is very rare, especially for like a private school down here. You know, we had 1100 students Uh, as far as like uh, classification goes. We were class 7A with some of like schools that had like 3000, 5000 kids in it, you know, Mm. so we were a bigger school and, you know, that was more people 
to have to face on a daily basis. And, you know, again, it was a Catholic school. So I saw how kids in my Catholic high school that were out or who identified as gay, I saw how they were treated and Mm. mostly like by their peers. And I not only like wanted no part of that, you know, like I saw it was disgusting just as a human being, you know, like just as you shouldn't be that mean to anyone ever, you know, like not only just on a human level, but at the same time, like I didn't want that. I didn't want people just thinking of me as gay, you know, like I didn't want that to be my label, you know, and it, it wasn't because like I was, well, it wasn't per se that I was ashamed of it. It was just like, I saw that, you know, my friends were treated as if that was the only thing about them that mattered, Yeah, you know, and that was their label and that's what stuck. And that's what people saw them as. That's what people treated them as. And I didn't like it, you know, and I, I just didn't want to be stigmatized as that, you know, but at the same time, like I didn't know what church teaching was, you know, I, I don't think that I thought to look at the catechism. Um, I, I, I don't think I was really taught that the catechism is church teaching, you know, like the church actually teaches like all laid out um, yeah. pretty simply. I don't think I understood that um, at the time. So I didn't know where to look. I didn't know who to talk to. And again, I was at a Catholic high school and no one said anything about homosexuality ever. Mm, you know, like not in my apologetics classes, not in my like or church history or like explaining the faith. None of that. Like it was never talked about, you know, like even when we were like even when like homosexuality or like same sex marriage or something like that was in the media it wasn't talked about at the pulpit you know it wasn't talked about by any of our teachers nothing you know so i thought it was so horrible like it was just that bad that no one said anything about it to me it was almost kind of like in any school ever talking about slavery in 2019 how it was so bad that hardly anybody wants to bring it up yeah um, and I kind of equated it like that in my head again, because nobody was saying anything. And I'm, I'm not saying that the, the two are, are parallel. I, I'm saying that that's the way that I saw it in my head. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. Cause like both, both topics are treated with some sort of taboo. And so yeah, you felt are like treated with yeah. contempt in some way. Yeah. yeah and so if you just, were to bring this, experience. if you were to bring it to someone, cause like if you, if you can't go, you don't know about the, the catechism, right? Cause if you're, if you're struggling with questions yeah. in high school at all, you kind of yeah. have two places to go. You can go mm-hmm. to the library or go to a teacher or a parent. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> exactly. But like, that's the thing is if you don't know where to go you're, and your teachers are kind of shutting you out, then you feel mm-hmm. like you feel kind of like isolated and, and, and cut off. But then absolutely something that we might, something that like our, our age group, not really generation, but like mm-hmm. our age group might not have had to deal with that. Uh, I think, kids now these kids nowadays are more used to are more used to more used to googling things than they are used Mm -hmm. to like talking to to teachers i don't know if you if you if you had that because like i feel like the next step if i was if i was if i'm putting myself in your shoes i'm in Mm -hmm. high school right and i'm like the teachers are freezing me out uh, I don't yeah. want to bring this up to my parents. Where am I supposed to go? I'm immediately looking it up on the internet. Go- like that's looking hands it up down. on the internet. Like, like Google incognito YouTube. tab Google. Like that's where I'm going. Yes. <laughs> Did you do anything exactly. like that? 
I don't think, I don't know what the, I didn't know what the incognito tab was. That probably would have been useful for me as a kid, but I'm glad that I never used it. Um, <laughs> but that I didn't get used to using it. But I believe I went to, again, like just went to the internet. But I think the, the other thing that I did is I think I went to, and mind you, I didn't tell very many people, but I did tell a fair few. But the only people that I really told, I think it's like one of my best friends at the time. Mm -hmm. And then um, some of the other kids that I knew were out. Um, but the thing is, I knew that church teaching said that something about homosexuality being wrong in some way. I didn't know what at the time. So I didn't know that it was acts that were wrong at the time and not necessarily having the attractions themselves. I didn't oh, know yeah. that. Um, but I knew something was wrong. And I knew that the kids who were out in my high school, I knew that they were doing something wrong. Again, I didn't know what, but at the same time, they were the only people that I could talk to, you know, because mm. they were the only people that were actually talking about it. Yeah. You know, so at least I got the experience of being able to talk to someone, you know, That's which fair. I think is the problem in the church today is the fact that and I've oftentimes brought this up that, you know, eventually I did choose my faith. I did choose church. I did choose Christ over the LGBT community. But I would say that the one place where the church fails the most often and honestly kind of pales in comparison to the LGBT community in a lot of ways is the community aspect. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like when you march into the LGBT community, you are almost immediately welcomed. You are immediately promised family, friends, community, you know, you're promised almost all of that, like instantaneously Yeah. in the church. I was met with silence or I was met with clergy that you know, we're telling me something that was wrong. It was false, you know, putting off this false representation of church teaching and people, therefore their flock who a don't know what the heck they're talking about and are scared to talk about it because they're afraid of being met with like prejudice and things like that. And I'm not saying that that is easy at all. You know, like I'm not uh, downgrading how hard that is at the same time though, I needed to talk there were people like me who needed to talk, who needed yeah. to have the conversations. And I didn't get to until much later. And mm -hmm. honestly, the church very well could have lost me. And I was, you know, by divine providence, by the grace of God, praise God, I came to the understanding of, I know what the church teaches now. I agree with it. I believe it. Um, and I love God and his teachings. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, just a few wrong moves, a few wrong turns, a few clicks down a rabbit hole later, I could have been lost, yeah, you know, wrong, and I still yeah. think about that all the time. I think you brought up a good point with going and talking to those other, those other people in your, in your school who were going mm -hmm. through the same, the same kind of self-discovery, all that stuff. I yeah. think... It's kind of funny because the I guess that that is that is the other person you would turn to. It's like either your your parents, your 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 teachers, the priest, catechism, whatever, or your friends. And I think right. if you're struggling, yeah. if you're struggling with something in high school, the worst person to take advice from is a high school student. Yeah, that is just <laughs> it's so true. Across the board, it's the worst. Like that's the worst source of when. And I think I think Gomer was talking about this a while ago. He's like, we all do this in high school it's like the worst mm -hmm. place to to find uh information on anything except video games yeah uh, the worst place <laughs> to find any kind of like self-dignity your identity 
all of those things. We try to find community in our, in high school students and high school students are all, they're all trying to figure themselves out, but we all like place in high school. We all place our identity on how other high school students think of us. And it's the dumbest thing that we all did in high school. And we're all still dealing with the wounds from it now. Um. That's my, that's my soapbox. But, um, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. But I think, I think that that, that (laughs) you, you, you brought up a really interesting distinction between community and silence. And I think that, I think that instead of silence isn't always no talking. I think silence is, I've, I've seen another attitude that you also touched on in the Catholic church of just like of preaching, um, false teaching. Maybe not mm-hmm. false teaching, but preaching truth without love. Oh um, yeah. I was at I think you'll appreciate the story. I I was at I was at a uh a theology on tap. Mm-hmm. And it was on the theology of the body. And there was a woman and another woman behind us at the bar. So I guess that would mean mm-hmm. two women. There were two women behind us at yeah. the bar. It's <laughs> a weird way to phrase it. Right. Um and when we prayed, they did the sign of the, or one of them did the sign of the cross. And so I like mm-hmm. marked them. I was like, all right, I need to go talk to yes. them afterward. They were not with us. They were not with us. And so oh, okay. Okay. when at the end of the, at the end of the priest talk, he, he spent the entire time talking about like the redemption of the body through Christ's sacrifice about mm-hmm. the sacrificial nature of everyone's body and mm-hmm. like the sacrificial nature of the priesthood and of married life. And the women, behind, they were like eating it up. They're like, yeah, yeah, this is good. And then at the end at the Q and a, <laughs> This, this well-intentioned person raises his hand and goes, well, Father Dan, what about homosexuality? And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to. I'm like, and I'm like, I, I, I know, I know that it's a, it's a good thing to talk about, mm-hmm. but perhaps talking about it publicly, like very in, in five seconds is not the way to go. Yeah. Right? Cause, cause yeah. Like that's what, what, a whole other theology on tap segment. Exactly. Like, and or like, at least like a, a series and i was i was just so i was like okay whatever so i sat through the explanation and like everyone was talking about and they they were trying they i i don't understand what it was because they were all explaining like the priest talked and the another another guy talked who was in who was just in the audience and they were like talking about Mm -hmm. how to like they they said the classic thing right where it's like well the act is wrong but the Mm -hmm. feelings aren't wrong and that's a very true thing to say but even with that, the woman behind us, she like was like brainwashed and then turned around. And so I went <sighs> over and talked to her. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I get it. You know, I'm not going to freak out because you don't like a talk, a Catholic talk in a public place. But right. I went down and talked. I went next to her, talked to her and I like ordered a beer. Perfect excuse to order a beer. Excuse? Um, yeah. <laughs> for, all, for all my underage listeners, I ordered a grape juice. And um, <laughs> I don't I don't actually know because like Save Environment says I'm not supposed to talk about alcohol with my teens. But if they mm-hmm. listen to the podcast. Yeah, like, you know, like you, do you have like control over that? I, I guess don't, if they listen to it, I don't know, but no. <laughs> maybe that's not a joke to make. All right, yeah, forty-five. <laughs> now you're getting a little marker here. The email and uh, you get an email, email in, in a week, like you're kicked out of the, the church <laughs> is suffering, and I'm sad, and I can only make jokes about it. Right. Anyway, so <laughs> I went up and talked to her. And I was like, "What did you think about that?" And she was like, I really liked what he was saying at first about like mm-hmm. the body is made for love and like the sacrificial nature of the body and like how the body is a good thing and all. And, and I saw, I saw what father was doing. He was essentially giving like a really quick catechesis on 
the theology of the body, but so like the, the catechism is split up into like what we believe about God, the creed. And then the right. second part is the sacraments. And then the third part is morality. And so he was doing like, he spent most of the time on how God created the body. And then he moved mm-hmm. into the sacraments of marriage and priesthood. And then I think yeah. he like let us, I think a really, a really good rhetorical advice is he let us make our own conclusions at the end. And mm-hmm. I think that because if the body is made for sacrifice and if the body is made for love, and if marriage is made for love of the spouses and the procreation of children, then that means that the body is made for marriage. Mm. And that leads to a bunch wow. of other that 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 like if you if you have that cemented, it's just another couple of steps until you're like, oh wait, contraception is wrong, abortion is wrong, divorce yeah. and remarriage is wrong, same se- our, uh, homosexual acts are wrong. And like it's just a bunch of it's like it's just like noticing what the true what the it's like counterfeit money right yeah. like you study the real thing to notice the fake thing and yep. but she, and she was eating up that first part about the body being made for love and then immediately when it turned the focus onto her she retreated mm-hmm. yeah and i think that what you had with your priest that one-on-one conversation with someone who was not only able to like see you and love you but also laugh with you about this about this thing you're going through and walk with you through it that's like that's such a gift and that i think that 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 alone if we if we were able to do that as a church would would bring so many more people struggling with this to see like the real because it's not just about not sinning it's about living an authentic life living like authentic is a buzzword but it's about living like it's about living your best life you know oh okay yeah yeah sorry sorry that that was that was one of the things is like she was eating it up and then um, I, that was one of the most important parts. I asked her what she thought mm-hmm. about the talk. And then I just asked her like, what stood out there? And she's like, I've been, I, I realized that I was gay when I was 20 and she was like in mm-hmm. her sixties. And so she's been, oh, she's wow. been, she, she's like, and she's like, my mom is like, and she was sitting with her mom and her mom is like super Catholic and goes to church every day or sorry, every, every Sunday. Yeah. And yeah. she was like, I just, I just didn't, the nuns, when I went to school, they were really welcoming. Mm-hmm. But some, for like all of the hate that goes on right now in the church, I just don't, I just don't like it. Yeah. And everyone, everyone like came, everyone came up to me afterwards, and like asked me what I said to her. And mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't really say anything to her because so many, so many people that are in her, I mean, she spent, she spent 40 years thinking that the Catholic church hates her, she hates her. because yeah. she's gay. And nothing that me, a little 22-year-old boy in a bar, is going to say, mm-hmm. I cannot change her mind after that. Right. Like, it's like it's like being in an abusive relationship. It's like nothing they can, nothing the church can say at that point can show show her and change her mind and say, oh, no, wait, the Catholic Church does actually love me. You know, and so right. I was saying, I was saying you, were, you were fortunate to be received right away by such a good and holy priest who was mm-hmm. able to, like, laugh with you through that experience and like, yeah. and, and accept you. And from what I understand you, um, you're involved with courage. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually giving, I think, one of the keynote talks at the uh, the conference this year. So I'm super excited about that. That is awesome. Yeah. So what what is what is courage? So again, for those of you who don't know, courage is actually a Catholic apostolate, Roman Catholic apostolate that is international, is all over the world, um, that offers pastoral care and community to those of us who experience same-sex attractions. Um, it's absolutely beautiful ministry. So, so good. I heard that. I'm not going to let you like sit there and act like that didn't happen. I just dropped um, a can of soda, okay? It's not a big deal. <laughs> So uh, I've been uh, encouraged for for two years now, and um, it's an absolutely beautiful ministry. You know, I I not only have friends now, I have a whole system of, uh, I have basically an entire family, and it's been a beautiful experience. But, you know, one of the things that we do at the Courage Conference is a lot of us get the opportunity to share a lot of our stories. And I remember one of the stories that impacted me most was one of the ladies that was in Courage. I remember she said she led an active homosexual lifestyle for 50 years, Mm. 50 years before she came to the realization that God loved her and that uh, she was welcomed into the church. And I love that story. I really do. But I hate that it took 50 years. Yeah. You know, and a lot of that, again, is just the human experience, the experience of the person, you know, but I can't help but think that we as a church community have some role to play in that, you know, and again, we can't, we can't be responsible for every person that leaves because at the end of the day, it is the person's decision, but we still have some form of ministry to do. You know, uh, we still have some impact on others, you know, like I I've heard multiple people say, like if they start attending a church, um, one, I think one person actually DM'd me and said, um, she started going to this church, a Catholic church, beautiful church. Um, but after her going there every Sunday for six weeks, no one even asked her what her name was Hmm. and she left. You know, I didn't come back for, I think, four years until after she saw an interview that I did um, talking about my sexuality and how, um, you know, God uh, loves everybody. And, you know, like it's the simplest things that people don't understand. And I think it's because they don't hear it enough. You know, like the simplest things that, you know, that Father Dan told me, you know, some people might think that it's so simple, but it was so profound to me because I didn't hear it enough. I didn't hear enough that... I was good despite, you know, despite really, really everything in my life, despite the things that I've done, good or bad, you know, the, uh, the, my shortcomings, my failures, my successes, none of that matters. The only reason that, I mean, not the only reason, but again, like the primary reason is Christ. You know, the primary reason is that Christ is worthy. You know, we are not worthy. Mm-hmm. that he should enter under our roofs, but it's him that says the word. He is it. He is that word. 
And he is the reason that we are worthy. And um, no one told me that. And I went so long not realizing it. And, you know, because I didn't have that realization, I lived my life completely differently. You know, so we basically, we live our lives based on what we believe. And I believed that there's, there, there was something seriously wrong with me. So I lived my life in fear mm. and I lived my life in shame. And I carried around this weight of wishing that I was different and wishing mm. that I wasn't dealing with something that I had no control over. You know, like people tend to think that having same-sex desires is a choice. It's not. I didn't choose this for myself. I didn't ask for this. You know, like this is something that through the circumstances of my life, you know, whatever those circumstances may be, that I now experience this. You know, I did not ask for this. And I don't think really anybody does. Um, But, you know, I felt like I had no choice back Mm. then. You know, like I felt like because I experienced these desires, I had to act a certain way. And a lot of people aren't given another option. You know, Mm. uh, Jason Everett in his uh, video on homosexuality um, has a great point where he says, basically, in our society, you have two options. Either you live in the closet, you live in shame and fear, and you don't say anything about it, or you live like this, you know, kind of outlandish, really, a lot of times immoral um, lifestyle that yeah. ultimately ends up a lot, like ends with a lot of people being depressed and you know having no sense of self, having no sense of the reality of who God is and their relationship with Him. You know, mm. you can't you can't live in accordance with that if you don't know that. Yeah. You know, you, we can't just know things about God. We have to know Him. And that's the part where I missed out. And that's the part where I felt like I wasn't led in that direction. And that was what caused me the most harm. And, you know, like, and again, that's the thing. That's why we need to start having these conversations. That's yeah. why we need to start being more open about this. And this is not just clergy. This is, you know, in our friend groups. Because yeah, I, I think that I think the statistic is like, what, one in six people identify as LGBTQ in some way. So like this is not an issue where it's other, you know, that there's yeah. people that we know that are dealing with this and aren't saying anything about it because they are scared. And I can't tell, I can't tell you how many people who, when I first, uh, I guess like quote unquote came out on Twitter a few years ago, I can't tell you how many DMs I got from people who I was like, Oh my gosh, like you too, you know, like mm. had no clue, like did not know. And just the fact that I said something kind of got the ball rolling for a lot of people that they didn't have to live in fear and in shame. And so many people, even in the church didn't know what to do about it. Didn't know what to say because they were met with so much silence and that's, what's hurting so many people. And that like, that like silence and that dichotomy they were talking about with like, it's either in the closet or it's out and like Mm -hmm. really big. It's like that dichotomy is like, is like why, I mean, so I, I, I did, I did musical theater for Pete's sake. I knew a lot of people. <laughs> like it was, yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of, a lot of really hilarious guys, but mm-hmm. anyway, um, but they, it, it's, it, this dichotomy is why we have things like pride month 
Yeah. Because this is why this is going on right now. And it's like, and we, we need, or not, like, not we need, but like they, these people need some kind of like, this is okay. Right. Like it's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's kind of this like explosion of, of I'm struggling with this and nobody, it is kind of like erupted all at once. Yeah. I feel yeah. Like. That's how I felt. That is exactly yeah. how I felt where, you know, you cannot hold things in for long, you know, without them exploding, you yeah. know, like this is not something where you can just like suck it up and just move on. No. Yeah. Like, and I think I, I talked about this when the, um, when the when all of the things about the the scandals were coming out like i heard so many horror stories mm. of priests who came forward in their discernment process saying i think i have same sex attractions and their bishops or their uh, vocational directors or whatever said don't say anything about it shut up like and just continue on yeah. with your just continue on being a priest cuz you know, for whatever reason. And I, I'm not saying that, you know, homosexuality is the only reason that these scandals happened or whatever. I'm not saying that that is the only reason, but I am saying it is a huge part is a huge part that so many of these men. And honestly, like I, I, I don't, I actually, I don't feel sorry for saying this. I feel sorry for a lot of the priests because at the end of the day, they wouldn't have done the things that they had done if they had gotten help beforehand, like no yeah. one comes out of the womb c- wanting to commit acts of such violence. There yeah. has to be something leading up to it. There has to be something that disrupts the psyche to the point where somebody is capable of doing of something doing like that. that. Yeah. Like, so I honestly, I felt so sorry for so many of them because, you know, what they did was criminal, but you know, what, 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 other actions were criminal was that they weren't helped yeah and that this was kept in the dark where it festered and boiled and eventually exploded to the point where they hurt other people and themselves mm-hmm. you know so it's just it's terrible to think about that but you know again this sort of i think that this sort of stuff would definitely reduce in numbers if we start actually talking about this and airing these wounds out, there comes a point where you, I mean, you can't put a bandaid on a bullet hole wound. You know, mm-hmm. you have to get the right amount of help. And honestly, the, the first part of it is knowing that help is available and then actually taking the steps to get helped. But if we Absolutely. don't make sure that people are getting the help that they need, nothing's ever going to be done. This stuff like this is going to keep happening. And, you know, people, it's not even that the church is going to have a bad rep because that's not the point. The point is that people are hurting. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't about the way that the church looks. Yeah. This is about people suffering and suffering in ways that could absolutely be avoided. Because the church isn't an anti-homosexual marriage activist group. <laughs> yeah, it's the not. Church is a, the church <laughs> is an advocate of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And this is and this is something that that we get wrong as a church because the mm-hmm. the world gets it wrong and we kind of just believe what the world says about us. Yeah. But we all do that as human beings. We just believe what our friends say about us. Mm-hmm. Um. And so the church believes what the world says. We're we're not we're not like an anti-gay marriage group. Yeah. We are a we are we are a we are a pro. I mean, this is a pro-life thing, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're a, we're a <laughs> pro-human person. Like we we want the full we want the human person. We want each and every person to live, like I said, live their best life. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think we, as you probably get this, you're from the South too. Mm-hmm. This becomes an extremely <laughs> political issue. Yes. <laughs> And it doesn't have to be. Yeah, it does And it's like, it's, like, you know, because even, even uh, like, when, when Audrey Assad puts out a Pride Month tweet, everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're one of the liberals. It's yeah. like, just calm down. You, you need to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, like, and I was, I was on my social media fast when that happens. And I had, like, how many people? I had, like, three, four people, like, send me screenshots, like, oh, did you see this? Like, what do you say? Like, and... <laughs> Like honestly, um, I, I did write Avera, that Avera article. Is the uh, is the on the ground reporter breaking yeah. for everything breaking news <laughs> that has to do with homosexuality in the church? Right. Uh, I did write that letter to her, but I wrote that letter to her not because like she took like a liberal stance or something like that, but yeah, I wrote that letter to her because I, I think I saw the letter, but I didn't read all of it. Yeah. I saw Dear Audrey, but I didn't know who it was. So it's Audrey Sada. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm gonna link so, the letter. No, I'm gonna link the letter in the description. Sorry. Okay. No. Cool. <laughs> No, but I wrote that letter because, I mean, ultimately, again, this isn't a political issue. This is a human issue. You know, this is the way that we see ourselves. And um, I'm reading uh, Prayer for Beginners by Peter Kreeft right now because I don't know how to pray as I ought. Um, So I'm learning how to. (laughs) But um, one of the things that he says in the book is that, you know, our identity is summed up in who created us. You know, it has nothing to do with worldly standards or anything like his base level as sexuality or anything like that you know it's not even race you know of course like i'm african-american or i you know i experience same-sex attractions i play ultimate you know like i I do all this (laughs) like i'm an ultimate player you know like there's all these things that we can see ourselves as but ultimately what it comes down to is i am god's and i am his creature i am what he has created and that says so much more about who i am as an individual than who i want to go to bed with you know like there's just there's more to be said about me as an individual you know like something as simple and base level as who i'm attracted to really doesn't say much about me and another issue that i have with not only calling myself gay, but calling other people gay is, you know, the lens at which you identify another person is the lens is how you're going to treat them basically. So, so how I look at this, you, you call yourself a liberal and you see someone conservative, you're going to treat them pretty much like crap in today's 2019, you know, like, because you're viewing them again as other, you're viewing them as a conservative, not as a human being. Cause you have like you the know? straw man conservative. Like, yeah, this, yeah, this is what a conservative <laughs> is and you are that. So I yeah, hate you. Absolutely. You know, so that could be political stance that could be race and that can be sexuality. Yeah. You know, if you just peg people as straight or gay or, you know, what have you, that's how you're going to treat them. Mm-hmm. You know, as basically just, a person to or not to have sex with, you know, there's so much more to a person than sexuality. You know, they have other interests, you know, they yeah, like yeah. other things. <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, it's so simple thinking about it. That's not all he does. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't just go to bed with men. He's like, not just he like, he's not just thing. like in a constant state of, 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 being of being attracted to men yes it's just like, <laughs> like, 
just like he's standing on the street corner just being attracted to men. Not even a man, just men in general. Men in general. In general. You know, there's so much more to the human person than that. You know, yeah. and I think that, that that was my issue um with just this culture of identifying people as, you know, how they identify sexually or whatever, because I mean, to me, that's degrading the person, Yeah, you know, that is seeing one portion of the picture. Like that's like seeing like the bottom portion of the Mona Lisa. Like you're not even like understanding (laughs) how amazing this entire picture is because you're just looking at like the bottom left-hand corner of it. You know, you don't even realize how profound this painting is because you're not looking at the whole thing we would completely understand like how profound human beings are if we looked at them as human beings if we had a god's eye view and it also it also prohibits in some cases it prohibits actual healing because like like you said like you said there 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 are plenty of people that i know that have same-sex attraction and did not choose it they were born like that something happened Um, one, one of my, one of my friends from a long, long, long time ago, um, he was sexually assaulted, sexually Mm -hmm. abused, um, routinely by an older brother's friend. And he struggled with same sex attraction for a Mm -hmm. while. Um, and then went to counseling at at the direction of a holy priest. Mm -hmm. And he has kind of like worked through those issues and now he's, he's dating. Yeah. And it's like and so, sometimes there are there are cases where someone is like someone is is traumatized into that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of attraction, right? And so I think I think we can all say no matter what what side of the the pro LGBTQ+ thing that you fall on, mm-hmm. you can say that it's important for people who have gone through trauma to be counseled to deal with it in some way. Like they yeah. have to be able to deal with it. And and I will I will touch on something that you said. Like the jury is still out over how same sex attractions manifest. Yeah. There is jury is still out. I am not an advocate of the born that way ideal. Okay. I do not think and and there's reason behind this that anybody is born gay. Here's the, here's the reason why. We are created, you know, going back to Genesis, we were created male and female. You know, like those are the only two sexual identities. Quote, uh, I'm doing air quotes like we're not on like Skype right now, but yeah. um, like, <laughs> like they can see this. Um, we are not born gay, straight, bi, transgender, whatever. We're born male or female. Those are the only two sexual identities that exist. In order for there to be a completely other sexual identity, God would have had to create a another separate kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's, I think it was Jason Everett who said, there's only three kinds of persons. Divine, uh, the three persons of the Holy Trinity, angelic, either angels or demons, and human, either male or female. Yeah. Those are the only types of persons that exist. Now, if God were to create a person gay, here's the other thing about that. If what the church teaches is correct, that homosexual a acts... A wacky idea. Are, I'm sure. I know, right? <laughs> a completely wacky idea. If church teaching is correct, that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered, that would mean that God created hu- a spe- or, or specific human beings to perform intrinsically evil 
acts in a way that goes against what he himself teaches. Mm -hmm. God, again, God is so good. Like we we say this all the time and yet how much do we actually believe it? You know, God is so good. So why on God's green earth, like why in the world would he create a person to go against him? You know, like why would he be like a tyrant, like a puppet master creating a person literally having to fight against that, Mm -hmm. you know, and this this is, this is separate from like just having a desire to sin. This is him creating a person. um, With a creative desire. Yeah. yeah, Like it, I mean, if we believe in a, in a good and gracious God, I think that that is a very tough idea to carry around or to live with or to believe because that's not something that a good and gracious God would do. I don't believe that he would create me or anyone else in that way. Uh, And I mean, that's, that's part of it, but there's also been scientific studies that there's no, there's been no uh, like genetic, there's no gene. Yeah. There's Um, no gay gene. (laughs) Yeah. There's no gay gene. So like, it's a boot cut. I'm sorry. You know, but is there's no, there's been no scientific evidence that people are born with a specific, um, you know, with a specific, uh, I guess, disposition to be gay. So I, I see you like you're you look like you're about to pass out I, right now. You're I thought so that red. joke was really funny, and it wasn't. <laughs> but I laughed. Thank you. Um, I also think it's worth pointing out that I was not born attracted to women. I was. Yeah. Born- like I didn't come out of the womb and like look at the nurse and be like, "How you doing?" You know, like, like I, I honestly wish you would have though, just so, after like hearing that. I would have, but I couldn't talk. Um, so too funny. But, That's too great. Um, yeah, like our 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 sexual desires develop in puberty, so it's kind of it's kind of strange to like to yeah. I guess I guess it, it makes sense. It's kind of strange to say that we would be born just from because. Because I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to make that argument just solely from Catholic moral yeah. teaching of like God mm-hmm. cannot create someone to perform intrinsically moral yeah. acts. Therefore, and I, I don't either. I don't want to just like spit out like church teaching and go off that. I also want no, to go have off like off. there's like there's scientific evidence to prove this as well. Yes. So the science because people love science. I love I love me I love me a big hot bowl of science in the. <laughs> <laughs> I still have nightmares about my junior year bio teacher. Not bio. Did I take bio? Yes, I did. Yeah. Bio bio was the worst. Chemistry <laughs> yes. was the best and physics was okay. I loved oh. the first I loved the first part of physics because of math. And then I yeah. hated the second part of physics because once electricity came around, I'm like, this stuff is yeah. scary. This stuff kills <laughs> Why why are we playing with lightning? I took this is lightning. my freshman year. So that was cruel and unusual punishment. I don't know why my you alma mater does your that. Freshman year? Yes, I did. Oof. Yeah, oof, like big oof. I mean, I guess it is like the foundation of science to an extent. But like, I was also taking algebra at the same time, yeah. which is like the basis of physics. Of physics, so, yeah. You gotta like, you gotta like do graphs and stuff. Algebra first, man. It's like the real way you should do that but anyway i digress i'm not because like because like biology is fun you get to like look at pictures of bunnies and then yeah. you get to open the bunny yeah. <laughs> i never got to open a bunny you that's never not fair a, what did i you, just did you dissect do, 
No, not until, no, I don't think I did actually. I think I just had nightmares about my teacher because he was also my track coach. So that's the uh, only part of that that I remember. That's fair. You just associate him with having to run long. I get it. I <laughs> yes. get that. To I run, to jump, to throw. Him, bio, and laps. That is about it. I <laughs> dissected two things in my in my educata- educatory career. <laughs> I I we when I was in fourth grade, we read a book called Owl in the Shower and <laughs> Owls I need to read this book. You don't. And then we <laughs> we dissected owl pellets. Oh. Yeah. So owls wow. owls okay. like regurgitate all the things they eat that aren't right. meat, and then <laughs> they make little pellets. And we got to that open them and be hilarious. like, someone got a rat skull. It was awesome. Yeah. And then I did blood spatter my senior year. I got to like oh. blood spatter because I took forensics. Wow. So. And then yeah. when I was a freshman, I got to dissect a frog. Oh, that's cool. You know what? Not in high school. I did dissect something. I dissected a squid because oh, like nice. I like where I where I live, I live by the bay. So we have uh, or I live by the Gulf of Mexico. So we have. Uh, yeah, the, you have to specify uh, which Island bay. Sea Lab. Yeah. The only bay is the Bay of San Francisco. San Francisco. I don't know if you do that. It's the only so bay area. Continue. So we're I don't remember what we we're talking about. We're at about one hour. So yeah. we're going to wrap this, this up. up. Um <laughs> Man, that was good. So I, I guess like to put a little, put a little bow on this whole thing. Yeah. Um, in summation, I guess it's like, we need to be nicer to people that have same sex attraction so they Indeed. can feel welcome at the church. That also, would be great. I can't like, I, the reason, the reason why I'm so happy that you're doing active ministry right now is because this is something that's mostly talked about from the lens of being outside. We always, we always talk about homosexuality. Not we always, but like most of the time when a speaker or when like we talk about homosexuality, we always talk about it as if no one in the room is struggling with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so so I'm glad that like you're in the room talking about it from a perspective of someone struggling (laughs) with it because it kind of just undoes all that crap because of, because I, I, my hope is that someone who is struggling with this and their faith, hears you and sees it happening and like has the courage pun intended to go to like <laughs> to find a community that will help them through it and and yeah. to like help them live a healthy lifestyle so like what what would you say to someone who was in your shoes or mm-hmm. someone who is who what yeah someone who is in where you, someone who is in your shoes yeah. <laughs> what would you say to someone who's struggling with same-sex attraction and doesn't know how to bring it to someone who can help them? Yeah. The first thing that I would say is probably the first thing that I wish I heard earlier is that, again, God is so good and God loves you. You know, like, I don't think I can stress that enough is that you know, God has not abandoned you and never will. Um, God is a, a, a lot of times like people, especially in the, around the topic of marriage or we were talking about marriage earlier, a lot of people will say like, well, aren't you going to be lonely? You know, like why would God willingly give you something that would allow you to not be married? You know, like why would God do that to you? Here's the thing. God would never withhold from me anything that I needed. So if I don't get married one day, it must mean that I don't need marriage. Yeah. You know, it must mean that 
in order for God to have me where he wants me, which is in heaven, in communion with him, that I don't need marriage to get there. You know, I'm not saying that I'm not going to be married one day, but, you know, if I don't get married, it must mean I don't need it. God would not withhold anything from you. And he never has, you know, God would not withhold anything, including his own blood, you know, including his own life. And he has already given that to you. And we see that in the sacrifice of the mass so beautifully, you know, again, I I just can't say it enough. God is so good. God is good. God is good. And you are good. Anything that God creates is good. You know, don't let your shortcomings or your failures or your attractions or any of that, don't let any of that define you because it has no authority over you. You know, the world, this world, the society that we live in, whatever, it did not create you. The all good, all loving, all knowing and all good God created you. Therefore, you are good. You know, and in fact, you are very good. You know, you are the culmination of the good things that God has created. Mm. You're worthy of being loved. Um, don't let anybody or anything, including yourself in your weakest moments, tell you that you are unworth loving. Mm. Um, and get help. You know, talk to people. Don't be afraid to talk to people about this. Um, the people who love you, the people who want you in their life, you'll be surprised how understanding they are. Um, I would not be where I am today without my friends. Um, the people who made their hearts a home for me, where I could come and I could rest my head, I could cry, I could talk about what I was dealing with. You know, don't be afraid to open yourself up to, to people. You know, don't be afraid to talk. Um, and if you have courage in your area, be sure to join in, you know, like there's always the need for more younger people, especially um, get involved in courage um, in any way that you can. Um, you know, I, I'm working with the, uh, the board and, and the uh, executive director of courage on how to reach out to young people. So we're trying, you know, we're trying to get more people, more young people in there, but then again, you have to come, you know, you have to be there. Yeah. And um, again, don't be afraid. This isn't your fault. Don't blame yourself. You know, you have nothing to be ashamed of. Um, you have nothing to cut you off from the love of God. You know, God would not love you any more or any less. And don't cut yourself off. Don't isolate yourself because you are loved. You are worthy of love. And you don't have anything to be afraid of. So just for the listeners who want to get involved with Courage, what's a way they can find out if Courage is in their area? So you can go to the website. It is, I believe, CourageRC.org. I will give you that to put into the show notes. It is CourageRC.org if you want to get help. There is also another amazing uh, group, specifically, I think, geared towards young people called Eden Invitation. I know they have been on Catching Foxes before. Uh, By the way, Catching Foxes, why haven't I been asked to be on the podcast? I don't understand. I don't know. Um, but, but anyway, <laughs> I think they're afraid of, I think they're afraid of how strong you are, Avera. 
Yes. They're afraid of the girl power. They're afraid of me. Not this podcast. <laughs> this is this is last summer without Ethan was us was the boy boys on the podcast, but this is the yeah. summer of the ladies. This is the summer of estrogen. Estrogen bra- <laughs> is what we have, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna bill this podcast without Ethan as the summer of estrogen. The summer yeah. of estrogen is gonna come back. Um yeah, next week yeah. we're having who who should we, what's who's a who's a good lady we should have on the podcast next week? Oh my who gosh. is a nice lady we can have on who the podcast? Who is a nice lady? There's so many nice ladies. <gasps> TM. Can you have can you have Lizzie on the podcast? At Bubbly Catholic. Bubbly Catholic? She's one of my best friends. I don't know if I could handle <laughs> the energy. <laughs> That's so real. She's so fantastic. She's such a firecracker. That's why she has red hair. No. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Beautiful. She's great. <laughs> but yeah, Courage, Eden Invitation, they're all great. Um, get yourself involved in any way that you can. And also, shameless self-promo, uh, email me if you have any questions. You know, I can try to help you out. Uh, what is your if, email? If My email is couragegulfcoast at gmail.com. I'll also give all of that to you. And all my social media links, DM me, email me, tweet me, whatever you feel so inclined to do. Vera likes talking to people. I do. And so I do. Really I. do. <laughs> I'm a people person. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you so much, Avera, for coming on, taking taking some valuable time out of your out of your Saturday evening to humor humor <laughs> this old man's me. podcast. We're the same. <laughs> um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. We last time we spoke was I guess six months ago. That's not that long. Yeah, but it's, like always, it's always a, it's always a pleasure when our paths cross. So it is. Uh, just some just some final announcements for the Crunchers. Um, Hey, support us on Patreon. Here's why. Because there's some big things coming. Once Ethan comes back from NST training, new staff training training, we're going to be doing a monthly live stream with just our patrons. And they're going to be like up in the... Avera's flexing in the background to make yes, sure you I know am. to do it. <laughs> they're going well, to get advanced notice about live streams. And then they're going to be the ones that get to ask questions in the chat. And then... We're going to talk to them. And so if you want to be one of those people that gets to talk to us, if you if you donate for $1 a month, that's it. $1 a month for a low price of $1 a month. The the the, the minimum investment, not investment, the minimum payment is $3, but you can also do one if, you're, if you want to do that. You can get both into our Facebook page, our private patron Facebook page, access to our patron-only feed, and you also get invited to those once a month live streams. And we're doing that instead of monthly mailbag. So patreon.com slash the crunch. You can follow me at Catholic Pat on Twitter. You can follow Ethan at bro apostle on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram at Patrick Nevy. I, 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 Ethan does not use Instagram because he's lame. I use Instagram more because I'm a youth minister and I had to learn how to use it anyway. (laughs) So again, finally, thank you so much, Avera. I appreciate it so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. And so, folks, that's the end of this episode. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you next week.